Morning. I forgot to turn that thing on. That's helpful if it's on. Not helpful if it's not. I uh, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I did not realize this, but Bethany informed me just a few minutes ago that this is typically Youth Sunday so that the pastor can have a vacation. Obviously, I missed out on that memo, or I would be out of here. Um, I'm glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, I'm excited about the, the message that the Lord has for us today. As you guys know, we're moving into Advent. I asked Bethany before the service if that was a word that the Baptists use a lot, because I grew up in the Methodist church, and she said, yeah, a little bit. But Advent is just a, another way of saying that Christmas is here, okay? And so here we are, first uh, day of December, and so we're going to spend the next four weeks talking about the coming of Christ. Um, I wanted to just say thank you again to David uh, for sharing last week. If you weren't here to, to be able to be a part of that, it wasn't recorded um, but if you'd like to hear uh, David's testimony about the things, uh, he, he talked last week about what it meant for him, for his family, for him to stand for freedom. Uh, it's a, an incredible story, and if you hadn't had a chance to hear that story, go buy David a cup of coffee uh, and let him tell you that story, what God did in his life for his family. Uh, it's really, really awesome. So this year, as you guys know, we've been looking through the book of Exodus. We studied through that, um, and as we're coming to, uh, or we, as we've come to the close of that and we're approaching Christmas, um, we get to celebrate the, the, the work that God began in the beginning after the fall of man. We see all of that happening through Exodus, the results of the fall, Egypt um, enslaving Israel, and then God freeing them in that whole process. And this whole time, as we've talked about from the, from the beginning in the fall, that Israel has been looking forward to the one that can crush the serpent's head. Um, and, and Christmas, as we know, is the birth of Christ, which is that, that one that is prophesied about, the one that, that Israel has been waiting on. Today we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 7. I've been, as I've been praying about Advent, I've been really drawn to the, to the prophets and them foretelling of what was to come, of this Messiah, this Emmanuel, where finally we could see the redemption happen that Israel is so longing for. Um, so as we're moving into that, um, we need to remember, just like we did in the study of Exodus, this is not a story for someone else. That this is our story. The story of Exodus is a story that God remembers his promises. And so for us, as people of God, that this is our story. It's not just Israel's story. Um, as we've talked about at length this year, again, God's purpose is, after the fall, is to repair the broken relationship with that. Okay? So we see all the foreshadowing in Exodus of the coming of Christ. And now as we walk into Advent and through Advent, we get to worship and thank God for the completion of this work that we've been studying about all year. That finally, the, the, the thing that Israel so needed, which was the Savior, is finally arriving, which is what Christmas is about, right? It's about the birth of Christ. So as I've been praying and thinking about this sermon series, um, I've been, been drawn to the prophets, and we know these stories, right? Like we've grown up singing about them and hearing the stories of these prophets and hearing the story of Christ's birth. And so as I've been thinking about that and thinking about what's been going on in my life the last couple of weeks, um, it, it's been really interesting to see the parallels of what God's doing in my life and the life of our community and the life of our church. And so I want to draw attention to that today as a part of this message. Um, I want to remind us that, that as we abide... God reveals his plans to us, right? Like we understand that, that our abiding is the way in which God reveals what he's doing and who he is to us. And our obedience in that process is how we're able to see that unfolding. That as we abide, as we obey what God calls us to do, 
God does the work that only he can do, and we learn about him. We understand that process, okay? So last weekend, as, as most of you know, um, part of the plan that God had for us in this community is a, in, and in the youth ministry, ironic, right? We're going to be talking about that a little bit today, um, is part of that unfolding plans was some of our students going to YEC. Um, you guys knew that that was coming. We've talked a lot about it. And as I've been thinking about what the Lord did that weekend and then comparing it to what I'm reading in the scripture about this prophecy of the king that's coming. There's some great parallels today that I want us to draw out and experience together. But in order to, for that to happen, you kind of need to know what happened at YAC. God did some incredible things. So I've invited Bethany and Kyle both to come and share today. They're going to take uh, a pretty good chunk of time this morning to kind of tell you what God did over this last week and in, in time prior to that building up. So She's going to come share. Come on, come on up, Beth. And, and then when that's done, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 7, and, uh, and we'll dig in from there. And then as soon as she's done, Kyle's going to come up and share a little bit, too. You can stand down there if you want. All right. Good morning. Um, thank, thanks, Glenn. So, <laughs> um, I'm Bethany, and I think all of you guys in here know me. Um, Oh, dear. Oh, look, Hannah did that, you guys. She's not here this morning, but that's awesome. That's us. I haven't seen that at all. Um, okay, so, so God, God did five things over this weekend, and Will asked me to talk about each of them. So I'm going to spend a minute or two on each thing. Um, so get comfy, but as Glenn used to say, sit up in your spirit so you can hear it. Um, hey, that rhymes, Glenn. Okay. <laughs> um, the very first thing that, did, that God did actually goes like way, way back, um, like five years ago, and it was God leading us to this neighborhood. Um, when we moved to this neighborhood in 2014, we had, we had come uh, from Tioga, and uh, we got over here. We were, in, we were meeting in that, the uh, other building down there in that little office space, and uh, things were just so different from anything that, that I'd ever experienced before in youth ministry. Um, and we didn't know yet that God was leading us to this building. A bunch of us had no idea that this building was even here. Um, but it was, it was very scary to feel like, okay, God, I know that you're, you're doing something, um, but I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in it because I can't see what's coming. If I knew what was coming, then I could say, oh, okay, I'm supposed to do steps A, B, and C, and then we'll do all the right things, and God will move, and then, then everything's, you know, perfect. Um, but, but that's not God, what God uh, was doing, and that's not necessarily how God works either. Um, and so I, I was... I was very scared as I, I looked around this neighborhood and realized I have no idea what to do. Um, and so in 2014, I was sitting in a, a meeting with a bunch of youth minister friends of mine and uh, was telling them about all of it and just was like, my, everything that was running crazy in my brain was just coming out of my mouth. All the things that I was like, well, I don't know what to do about this and I don't know what to do about that. And uh, finally, one of them just stopped me and was like, you need to calm down. And, <laughs> which I'm, I've been used to hearing a lot in my life. Um, so 
they, I mean, they literally were just like, look, God's going to do what God's going to do. You need to just pray about it. Do whatever it is, one, one step at a time, whatever the thing is that God tells you to do in the moment, just do that thing. And don't freak out worrying about what God is going to do next. And, uh, and so they all, they gathered around me and prayed. And, uh, and one of them literally said, God, calm the mind of Bethany, which we thought was really funny the way that that came out and that kind of turned into like a running uh, thing is calm the mind of Bethany whenever Bethany starts freaking out over stuff. So that was in 2014. Uh, in 2015, we moved to this building, right? About the summer of 2015. Um, and that's when God began showing us the signs of what he was doing. I still had had no idea, you know, how are we supposed to reach out to this neighborhood? I mean, am I supposed to do some big kind of outreach event, which I didn't feel was, was right. I didn't feel like what was what God was saying to do. So I literally was just taking everything just one week at a time. And then uh, a, a small group of us, the teenagers, that had moved over um, from the Tioga building uh, we're up here on this stage meeting one night. We were just kind of playing guitar and with the piano was over there. And all of a sudden this head kind of poked around the doors right there. We had the doors open. And uh, one head poked in and then like another head poked in behind them and we were like, hi. And, and so uh, two and then a third teenager came in. Um, and though two of those teenagers were actually the only kids that we had met in this neighborhood from uh, when we did an Easter event when we were over in the other building. They're brothers. Um, there's uh, Quindavion and Quintravian. So we just, they're Quinn and Quinn. Um, and so we, uh, we, we, you know, recognized each other and they said, is there something going on? And we said, well, yeah, we're, this is it. Like, we're just... We're doing this. So they came and, and sat with us on the stage and uh, listened while, while we were playing music. Um, and then later, Quindavion said, well, is that big building back there open? Is that gym open? And we were like, well, not, not really. There's a bunch of junk in it. Um, the stuff that was left from when this uh, church was a different church years ago um, had been left in the gym and there were a bunch of pews and stuff and it was just a wreck in there and to be honest with you um, it didn't have any AC or heat um, and it was kind of a miserable place to be and so we in traditional youth ministry sense we were like eh, maybe one day that'll be something amazing to have a gym but this isn't what God wants us to do because this is not you know traditional youth ministry you don't you know it, it's too cold out there it's too hot out there it's you know we need to be in a place, you know, in a room or something like, like we thought we would do. Um, but they asked about it, and, and we said, yeah, sure. So we went and opened it up, and they immediately found a basketball and uh, started playing basketball. And then God, um, the, the next week, they brought a few more kids with them. And then the next week, there were a few more kids, and God turned this into, I mean, we had no idea that it was coming, but God turned it into a basketball ministry on Wednesday nights, which is kind of crazy because neither Will nor I are any good at basketball. I mean, I'm, I can, thank you. I mean, I'm like really, really bad. Um, but luckily they don't need me to play. So, um, and Will's been, you know, learning how to ref and it's just been something that, that God has been doing. Um, so, uh, let's see. Oh, but man, okay. You guys, 
Most of y'all have already heard this, so I'm going to keep this part of the story, the story short. Um, but just to reiterate, um, it, it was hard. It was not traditional youth ministry like we were used to. I mean, we had zero kids that had any kind of, of church background. And I've told y'all this before, um, but, you know, so we started storying through the Bible, just telling the, the stories. Um, and we started with creation. You guys, they had never heard that. Then we got to Noah's Ark. They had never heard that. Um, and it was so much so, and I'm, this is what I'm saying I've said before, that uh, the week after we told the story of Noah's Ark, um, they asked us, are you going to tell the boat story again? Now, for those of us who've grown up in church, we don't call it the boat story we call it Noah's Ark, but, but actually Will had told the story, and he didn't call it an ark. He didn't say God told him to build an ark. He put it in words that they would understand and said God told Noah to build a boat, and so for them, the story of Noah's Ark became the boat story, so that's how unchurched our, our youth group was, and so that's, um, you can imagine how hard that made things for us when, when we had come up in traditional youth ministry and always had, you know, kids that at least had some kind of, of background so we could say, well, we're going to start here and then we're going to talk about discipleship. Well, no, these kids weren't ready for discipleship. Um, they, they didn't know hardly who God was. Um, so it has been years, you guys, uh, of struggling through all, all of this and then feeling like, do these kids even hear me? Like when I get done speaking on Wednesday nights, did they get anything out of it? Because, you know what, these kids are so different from me, and I often feel like I don't even know why they would listen to me. Um, and so there is the, this constant feeling of, man, did we, did we get anywhere with this? Because, again, within, within traditional youth ministry, there's this whole you know, idea of, okay, you're going to have this student for approximately seven years. So let's have this plan of discipleship for the student. Hopefully they're going to come to know Christ early, and then you can help them uh, grow in their relationship with the Lord and eventually send them out as disciples. And man, we were just knowing that our students may only be here for a couple of months due to the, the low-income uh, struggle in this neighborhood because they're having to move around because of rent reasons. Um, we couldn't have this big plan in youth ministry. It was just, I've got to share the gospel right now. I've got to tell them that God loves them no matter what, where they are, and then pray that they, they heard it. And so because there wasn't this, oh man, look how many students came to know Christ, and look how many students led their friends to Christ. And then, you know, like we couldn't have these um, numerical goals that we could look back on and go, look, we did the right thing. This all went well. So we've had four years, so since 2015 to 2019, of feeling like, are, are we doing, any, do we have this all wrong? Like, when I knew, I knew that God was, was doing something. I knew because I knew that we were called here. I knew that God had brought those students into this building um, and, and had created this, this relationship between us. So I knew God was doing something. And I knew that God wanted these students to come to know him. But I kept waiting and waiting to see it actually happen. And it had not happened, y'all. It's hard. It was a hard struggle of waiting for five years, for four or five years. Um, so the second thing that God did was that uh, this was... 
um, not just the culmination of, of four or five years worth of God you know, bringing students in, but uh, this was the culmination of a year's worth of uh, teaching from last year at YAC. So God, um, last year at YAC, this was, it was our very first year to be able to take a group of students to YAC within this building. I mean, Will and I have taken students for years and years. I grew up going to YAC when I was in youth group. Um, but for various reasons, we could not take any students um, from this neighborhood to YEC until last year. Last year was our first year to go, and uh, a number of you donated money to pay for tickets for our students to go. We had about 10 um, go last year, and it was good. It was, it was really good, um, but it wasn't that like life-changing experience that like that we knew it could be and that we prayed for God to, to make happen. I mean, there, when, when they got to, like, the invitation times, there wasn't a single one of our students who um, walked down during the invitation times. When, the, when the, uh, the music was playing, when the worship bands on stage, our students, uh-uh, they wanted to sit down. They felt very uncomfortable. Um, they, the whole experience to them was something so foreign from anything that they've ever experienced in life that they were unsure of how to act. And so we just had students who just sat there like this. They listened to the sermon, or they at least sat there and stared. Um, but there wasn't anything like huge for us to be like, yes, God did this. Um, but again, there was this feeling of, okay, I know God wanted us to bring these students, and I know God wanted us to be there. Um, and so I don't know what God did in their hearts, but I know that he did something because God doesn't do nothing. God is always, even when we don't see that God is doing something, there is something going on. And so, um, la- so that was last year at YAC, but what I learned was last year was needed. I, I, did, I didn't see it then. Um, but they needed to be there to be in that building to experience all of it so that it could become something that wasn't so unfamiliar to them so that when they came this year they would feel more comfortable being able to stand up and participate in worship and they would feel more comfortable being able to listen to the speaker and not being so paranoid about the fact that there are all these other teenagers around them and feeling like well what are the other kids going to think about me um so it was needed. It was needed for us to be there last year. Uh, the third thing that God did was he sent only the specific students there that he wanted to be there. Um, a number of those students are the same students who went last year. And as I just said, they needed that experience from last year in order to be able to feel comfortable enough to focus and participate this year. Um, we have had to... Okay, y'all know, I mean, we all don't have a ton of money. We don't have an unlimited budget. Our students in this neighborhood don't have the money to pay for tickets for YAC, and so we as a church have to pay for the tickets. Well, because we don't have a ton of money, we had to narrow it down to figure out, you know, okay, who can, who can we afford to take and, and who can go? And this was something that God was doing. I, um, in, in youth ministry in years past, I have struggled with watching other churches 
turn kids away from any event and, and do something like, well, you got to earn your chance to go on this trip or you got to, you know, making it be something that they earned. And this was something that God was doing in my heart because he pointed out to me, I was judging other youth ministries and I don't know them. I don't know where they are and I need to just shut my mouth and let God be God in their youth ministries and let be God, God be God in our youth ministries. And so, um, what God pointed out to me was that in our context, it was important and it was needed for us to narrow down who could go to YEC. Um, and so we had a couple of parameters and it had to do with age and um, the number of years that they've been coming regularly to our Wednesday night gym ministry and uh, behavior, really. Um, and so it became an invite-only event um, and, and we invited those kids that fit within those parameters that we had prayed over. And so these are the kids that fit within it. There was a couple of other students that also got invited to come, but let me tell you what God did in that. Um, it was a couple of senior high boys and, uh, and maybe one or two other middle school, but it, it didn't work out with the younger ones, but the senior high boys specifically um, were actually really excited about coming to YAC because most of them had already come last year and they, they thought it was actually really fun to spend the night in this building. That was their favorite part of it. Um, and so they, uh, so I knew that like they were, they were excited about it. They were, I mean, they were like giddy over it when we brought it up, but, uh, I gave them their permission slips and then they found out that one of their friends that they wanted to go, um, I did not invite. He didn't fit within the parameters and, I, I told them that. I said, no, we have these rules, and so these are the kids that get to go, and no, I'm sorry, he doesn't fit with, within that. And so they got upset and decided that they were going to protest and, and hand back their permission forms, and they did. And again, this is got something that God did in my heart because he just, in that very moment, when I would have normally gotten a little bit irritated and be like, you're, you're being really, I don't know, rude. Um, but... God just put this peace over me and said, this is, this is my plan, and I'm, I'm doing this, and so just let them hand you back your forms, and so I did. I said, okay, that's fine, and, and I took the permission forms back, and so these teenage boys were not planning on coming, um, and the next week, I still was unsure about... I, I knew that there was a possibility that some of them might change their minds, um, because we have a history with some of them and we've seen them do that some of that stuff they get mad and then the next week they go oh man I, I regret that and you know so I knew that this was coming but I wasn't sure how I was, was going to deal with it I, I thought well you know maybe I need to let them learn from their lesson and say well sorry I already bought the tickets and I didn't buy a ticket for you because you handed me back your permission form um but nobody said anything to me until the very end of the night one boy um I was in my car about to pull out of the parking lot and one boy broke away from the rest of the crowd and came over to me where he knew nobody else could hear and he said this, y'all, and I quote, this is a teenage boy saying this, he said, Miss Bethany, I regret my actions last week. Can I go to YC, please? Y'all, like, 
It was like he had rehearsed that in his head over and over again and was waiting for that chance to not have to say that in front of all of his other friends, but he really wanted to go. Um, and so I kind of gave him that speech about, well, you know, I already, you know, bought tickets, and which I hadn't actually, um, but, but I kind of was like, you know, you said you weren't coming, so how am I supposed to know that, you know, I'm not going to buy you a ticket and then you're not going to show up. And he was like, no, I really, I really want to go. Please let me go. And he got his mother to call me that night. I mean, like an hour later, his mom called me and said, can my son please go? Um, so yes, uh, he got to go and, uh, and, and I realized that was God. I, I didn't realize it at first, but later I realized that was God taking him away from his friends so that God could have time with just this one student and be able to speak to his heart without that distraction of those other boys being there. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't love those other boys. I know that God is still doing something in their hearts, and maybe next year is their year. I don't know, but I know that I know that God did that. God pulled him aside. God had those other boys drop out on purpose. Um, so, yes, specific students that were supposed to be there. And, y'all, two of those students are those kids that were there from the very first Easter event that we did um, when we were over at the other, the building down the road. So that, that's pretty amazing. Um, let me tell you this one other little thing, too, about those students. I bought one extra ticket just because I had this feeling that you know, there's a couple of students that haven't turned in a permission slip, but I kind of feel like maybe somebody's going to want to go. And I didn't, I don't know, I can't explain it. It was just God saying, hey, buy one more ticket, like just in case, which I felt bad about because, again, we have such a small budget. We don't have the money to just be buying tickets to throw them away. Um, but it just felt like God was saying, just buy the ticket. So I bought one extra ticket. And the night before YEC, Another senior high boy called me and said, can I go to YAC? And we happened to have just one ticket for him. Um, and so again, that was God. God wanted that kid to go. Um, the fourth thing, remember I said there's five things, so hang in there with me. Fourth thing. Um, fourth thing was that this was the culmination of an entire year's worth of teaching. And it was teaching that God directed and God set out at the beginning of the year last year. Um, we don't have any kind of fancy curriculum that lays out our, our lessons for us. It's something that I prayed over at the beginning of the year last year. And I have a, um, a spreadsheet that just says, you know, we're going to talk about this subject and, and this scripture. And it just it filled out uh, the year. And so Kyle and I have been alternating for the last year uh, teaching every other week where um, one of us will teach on a scripture and a subject and then the other one the next week will actually reteach that uh, scripture and that subject again in just a different light so that they hear it twice. Well, we get there and um, I'm, I'm in the, the youth minister's meeting, again, which I almost didn't go to because I was like, these youth minister meetings are always a waste of time. We go in there, we meet the speaker, we say hi, and, and he says, hey, I'm going to tell your students about God this weekend, and then they tell us just a few logistics. Um, so I almost didn't go. And um, anyway, so sorry, I was thinking about something. Um, so I almost didn't go, but I got in there, and the speaker said, hey, tonight I'm going to teach on the Lord's Prayer. 
And you guys, I just started smiling, and the youth minister next to me was a friend of mine. He said, what are you smiling about? And I said, we just talked about that like two weeks ago. Um, and so then I realized through the course of YEC, he, the, the speaker taught on uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which I had no idea he was going to be teaching about because, in fact, underneath the little logo of YEC, they told us he was going to be speaking on Ephesians something. I don't like Ephesians 5 or something. So I was planning on him speaking on something completely different. Um, and then I get there, and he's teaching Matthew 5, uh, 5 6, and 7 um, over the course of the weekend. And, y'all, that is stuff that we had been teaching on uh, for months leading up to all of this. And I had no idea that God was was putting that together for the students to hear us say these things, but then to have it said to them again in a different way, in a different voice from somebody um, who, is, who has more, I don't know, like can, is, like they can, yeah, influence, yeah, yeah. Um, so, thanks, Glenn. Um, so then, y'all, God orchestrated it down to the very shoes that Ed Newton was wearing. Most of y'all already saw it on Facebook, so I won't tell the whole story. Ed Newton was the speaker. Um, but he was, this on the second day, he was wearing the same exact shoes that one of our students was wearing. Now, um, our students had, had our, that particular student had gotten, y'all saw him on Facebook, so I can say his name, Jaden, um, had uh, gotten those shoes as a hand-me-down from somebody else, um, and y'all, these are like odd shoes. I don't know. There's some Nike Jordans, but like they're they're different. I, I don't know. Um, they're very, very, very specific shoes, not just like some blue Nikes or anything. Like they had this weird strap thing and these bright colors. I don't know. Um, but Jaden was wearing these shoes, and he noticed that they were the same shoes as what Ed Newton was, was wearing. And Jaden actually gave his life to Christ that morning and went backstage for whatever I don't even know how Jaden got backstage but Jaden went and found Ed Newton backstage and said we're wearing the same shoes and asked Ed Newton to sign his shoes and there's y'all can go check it out on Facebook there's this whole story that Ed Newton told about it y'all um but let me say another thing that that God orchestrated in Ed Ed Newton I was uh sitting in the youth ministers meeting and I was a little perturbed, I guess, because I looked around that room, and y'all, that entire room is, there, there's not a single person of color in that room. There, we're, we're all white. This is not okay for our, our youth group especially. Like, I needed them to see other adults that they could feel like this person knows where I'm coming from. They have similar life experiences to me. Instead of having a room full of adults that, that they're like, uh, maybe you know me, maybe you don't. Um, and so I had no idea that this was, was coming, but Ed Newton gets up on stage and starts talking about his son that he had adopted from Africa. And Ed started talking about um, the struggles that his son has experienced as growing up as a child um, of color in a white family, in a white culture. And um, Ed started talking just about hair, about ethnic hair and the struggles of that. And Ed said, I know the importance of a pick, and I know what a pick is good for. And uh, our students all just immediately, I mean, they were like this, you know, not really looking, and they physically just like, set up and just 
looked like Ed in that moment. He had no idea that my youth group was there, um, but he earned the right to be heard. They said, somebody gets me. Somebody understands even the small things about my life that are different from all the other people in this room. Um, so I'm telling y'all, God just, God orchestrated all of that. He had Ed Newton be there to be able to speak about those little bitty things. He had Ed wearing the same shoes as Jaden was wearing so that Jaden could uh, connect with all of that. And he had Ed say all of these things that God had directed Kyle and I to speak about starting a year ago. Um, <laughs> so uh, another thing that, that he said in there um, he talked about baptism, and that was something that we explained the night before. Um, and I'll, I'll get into this another time, but God, God had somebody else talk about baptism to make it not quite so weird for them. Um, because the minute he started explaining what baptism was and how it worked, like all of our students literally like leaned over and looked at me and were like, you just said that. You said that. You know, so... Uh, Y'all, it was God. Um, the fifth and final thing that God did um, was, was the gospel making it into their hearts. You guys, we brought nine students. We had five give their life to Christ. We had three of them also uh, walked forward during an invitation time, talked with a counselor about something I'm not sure what God was doing in their hearts but they weren't really ready to talk about it to me or Kyle or Will um, and so I don't know but God was moving in in their hearts that's eight of the nine students and y'all there so there's one student that we're gonna be praying over for the rest of the year <laughs> um, but y'all that's that's God was, these are students who have been with us for several years now, and that was God orchestrating every single moment um, leading up to them coming to know him. But we never saw it happening. Like, I never knew that these things that God was having us do, like the things that God was having us talk about were things that were going to be talked about at YAC. I had no idea that there was going to be a speaker there who had adopted, I mean, I knew Ed Newton was going to be there, but I had forgotten that he had adopted uh Two children, I think, yeah. Um, but you guys, God was moving. And while we were sitting over here in the darkness feeling like, you know, God, I know that you're going to do something, but I don't, I don't see it happening yet. What is going on? God was moving. Um, so, y'all, y'all, I prayed over and over before YC. I said, God, I need a sign that you are doing something. I need to see that you are moving because y'all, I was starting to hurt. And y'all know we had a rough week with our house flooding the week beforehand. And I just was like, God, this is, am I, I know I'm not wasting my time because I've said this to Anna multiple, multiple times, like, you know, the scripture says, my word will not return void. And I literally prayed that over and over again, was like, your word will not return void. Your word will not return void. I know that you're doing something, God, but I can't see it. And God, can you please just let me see it? Just confirm for me that you have actually called me to this and, and that you have orchestrated all of these things and that we're not just some crazy people wandering around and uh, spending time and money on kids that you, for some, for whatever reason, you want somebody else to be with them. That's what I kept thinking. I was like, God, they need somebody else to, to, 
to speak to them. They, they, I must be in the way. Like, I must not be the person that you want to be here, God. I'm waiting to see you move, and it's been four years of this. So maybe it's me. And so, um, <laughs> so then Ed Newton gets up on the stage, and he starts at one point is talking about um, uh, the importance of sharing the gospel. It's why YEC is Youth Evangelism Conference, so there's going to be some talk about evangelism. Um, and Ed literally says. God's word will not return void. After I had been praying that over and over again, like it was just like God saying to me, I, I told you that I'm doing something, and here I am reminding you and showing you that, yeah, I am. And you guys, like he just said over and over again with that, that like, again, my job is not saving these kids. I don't do the saving. God does the saving. I just say and do the things that God has told me to do, and that's it. And I let God do the rest. Um, and y'all, God did more than a sign. I was asking for a sign. God did more than that. I mean, God moved over and over again. Y'all, when that first, on that first night, um, I did the typical youth minister thing. They have all the, you know, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. And, you know, they'll pray and they'll, and they'll say, okay, if you're in this room and, and you prayed that prayer, will you just lift your hand up? And y'all, all the youth ministers, we all sit there and peek with one eye because we just want to see. Um, but they're telling these kids, everybody's eyes are closed. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, sorry, God, if it's, if it's being dishonest. But I just wanted to see. And y'all, I saw a couple of our students raise their hands. And y'all, my heart just was like, oh my goodness, God, are you really, really doing this? And I was like, okay, I'm going to just wait. Because maybe, I don't know why I would even think this, like, uh, maybe God's not doing anything. I don't know why they would have raised their hands. But um, so they did the typical, like, okay, let's all look up, amen. And hey, if you raised your hand, we want you to come down front. Um, and y'all, our students started moving, and I literally jumped, like did this weird like jump stomp, like I wanted to shout, but I couldn't. That would just be weird. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, just watching God move so powerfully and so um, just in this way that I could have never done, just Watching him do it was just amazing. And then Kyle and I, they'd had the, you know, they wanted the youth ministers to go backstage to go pray with our kids afterwards. So Kyle and I were um, making our way back there and turn around and just gave each other like the biggest high five the minute we got past the curtain where we wouldn't disturb anybody. And uh, it, 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 was, it was amazing. Let me make sure there wasn't anything else I was supposed to say. Um, yeah, that, that's it, you guys, really. It was just... Um, that YEC wasn't just, YEC was about these kids and their salvation, but it wasn't just about that. It was about also all of the things that God was doing in my heart and showing me that, yeah, he is moving. Even when I can't see what's going on, God is working, and I need to just be faithful and wait on him. All right, Kyle. Thanks for hanging out with me. about that picture, huh? That, that whole feet thing, that was a theme the entire weekend. I got so excited when feet were just going nuts. Uh, but for, for those of y'all who haven't met me, my name's Kyle. I am the assistant youth pastor. And uh, I want to talk about a little bit 
about the journey God had me on when, when we first started doing this. And when he called me to be a part of this youth group, uh, I was like, God, I've never done this before. Are you sure? And he goes, and like, and I, I kept putting it off, and it was like, it, it kept tugging on me, like, in the heart. And it was like, okay. And I even told, you know, I told Will and Bethany I was coming, and, you know, I, I first showed up because I, I felt guilty because I, I told him I was coming and I didn't really show up. And so for, for me, it was just showing up. That was the first thing that I had to, I had to get in my head is God told me to do this, just show up and spend time with them. So for a lot of it, it was just, you know, hey, go around, introduce yourself, go, go high five them, go, go uh, keep scoring the basketball game. That was it. Like that's, that's literally all I did for, I don't know, about a year and a half. And just, but out of that, you know, grew grew relationships with these kids, and uh, and then uh, next thing I know, God God tells me to to teach, and again I'm like, God, are you, are you sure? You know, because again you're pulling me out of my element. This is not what I do. I do not know what I'm doing, and uh, and I kept saying it's like, you know, God, I've I've, I've seen like I I come up and, and their fights breaking out. Like we had to send kids home. You know, like, are you sure, like, you want me to be, you know, a part of this? He's like, yes. Like, okay, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, are they going to understand what I'm saying? Because I'm still in that mindset, like, it's up to, to me what I say. What, what I say, are they going to get what, I, what I'm saying? You know, and, and God was like, dude, just do what I ask you to do. Just do what I ask you to do. And they will get it. Stop thinking about everything is about you. It's not. I will do the work. You just show up. And so when that happened, just cleared, cleared everything up. You know, uh, God had a very specific plan for me and Bethany to teach for a whole year worth of what God wants to say. And guys, that weekend, Ed Newton recapped everything we had talked about for a year. And it was just so special. It was so special. I have a uh, quick story. So, uh, Quinn Trevion, okay, this this guy, man, uh, he would he would get thrown out of youth group every other week. He would just get in fights, okay, just get mad. I had a story real quick. Uh, uh, we were playing scatter one night, and basically it's dodgeball, except there's no line. You scatter all around the gym. And I was in my manual chair, and I was playing, and he was pushing me. And he gets hit in the back of the head, and he gets mad. And uh, he gets up and, like, ready to fight. And, like, Will jumps in. He's like, you know, when Davion, when Trayvon, if you don't, you know, stop, you're going to get thrown out. And he starts walking off. He's like, this is BS. Like, I'm not coming back here. Like, I'm out. First off, we're never coming back. I'll see you next week. Uh, um, but... Um, you know, he's the same kid that came up to Bethany. He's like, Miss Bethany, I, I really uh, want to come to YAC. Will you please let me go? It's also the same kid. When we looked up, he had his hand raised. He was the first one to to go out there and and accept that invitation. You know, we talked about uh, salvation is a um, is an invitation from Jesus. All we got to do is accept. There is no work to this, and. Um, you know, just just to see them understand that, like the the big thing for me that that Ed Newton said, which by the way was phenomenal. I wish uh, 
you know, I wish we could experience that every every week, and we can. But man, that was that was phenomenal. But he said, uh, uh, "Good people don't go to heaven; saved people do." And when he said that, I could see them like it, it clicked for them. It went from head knowledge to heart knowledge right there, and it was just. Um, it was just so special to be a part of. And I remember we we sat in the back. This is Monday night. This is before the last session. And we had a, um, we had a, uh, just a group of them there. And we just told the, the five that accepted Christ's invitation to salvation. I told them, it was like, you guys accepted that. Like, that was, and, and your lives will never be the same. Um, and I was just so thankful to be a part of that. And it was just, uh, I told Will Bethany, he's like, I'm here every, every year now. Like, this, I can't get enough of this. Like, this is incredible. And, again, for those, you know, for those kids who, who didn't accept Christ, you can still see, like, God is definitely stirring their hearts. Like, they're, they're moving. He's moving them. And so, oh, man, it's just an incredible weekend. I was just so thankful to be a part of that. And, um, man, it was, it was just so good. So. Thank you, Kyle. I don't know if y'all caught that or not, but Kyle just said Ed Newton's a better pastor than I am. Bethany even texted like, did he just say that? Yes, he did. All right, so it apparently is Youth Sunday. Uh, it's 11.55, so I'm not going to preach today. You're welcome. Um, we will pick up next week. But look, <laughs> Luke's also back there going, yeah. Here's, here's, here's where we're going next week. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 7. Do yourself a favor and read that in advance. Okay, the whole chapter is not, we're going we're gonna to hit some, sp- some particular chunks, but by you reading it ahead, it's going to help me not have to do quite so much background work. Um, but here's the point. God is doing some incredible things in all of our lives, right? And I, I so appreciate Bethany and Kyle taking the time to go through those details. Kyle and I had a conversation after YCA when I brought him home, and, uh, and both of us were just ecstatic. And I said, man, isn't that worth all the awkwardness that we've gone through for the last couple of years? And he said, man, it's worth every moment of it. Um, so next week we're going to talk about how God, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, gives us the ability to share with people that hope is coming. Hope is here. Hope is now. So that's where we're heading next week. Let's pray, and then Kobe can come up, and we'll, we'll close up with, uh, with some worship. God, thank you so much um, for the work that you have done in the lives of our students. God, you, are, uh, you have blown us away this last week with um, all the things that were happening behind the scenes that we didn't even know about. God, I thank you that you're, you're working in the places that we can't see and that you bring those things to light in the right moment. God, I thank you for working in your time and I praise you for the lives that were given to you this week. God, I'm so excited to see how these kids' lives are going to be bettered because they know you, because they understand what it means to be in a relationship with you. God, this week as we, as we go throughout the busyness of, of Christmas, God, I ask that you would continue to, to work in our lives, God. Show us what you're doing. Help us to live in a way that, that communicates that to those that are around us. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all stand on this worship together.